we barely see them. When we talk about the crime scene, they always arrive last, most of the time days after the killing. However, their role in Duterte's bloody anti-drug campaign cannot be overstated. They bless the bodies of the dead and console the grieving families. They re-establish sources of income for the poor who lost their breadwinners after an unexpected knock at the door by the police. They establish spiritual support groups for wives and orphans who lost all hope after a deadly drug bust. Some of them gather the fearful families inside their own homes, the seminaries, the churches. I am talking about the activist priests of the Philippines. What is it like blessing hundreds if not thousands of dead bodies since President Duterte assumed office? Hello, I'm Rambo Talabong. This is Rapley's Crime Podcast, Criminal. In this podcast, we revisit crime stories that are significant in understanding Philippine politics and society. This is our 24th episode, where we will talk about the church's role in Duterte's drug war. For this episode, I interview Father Flavio Villanueva of the Society of the Divine Word, who tells me the church has not done enough. Father Flavi Villanueva, could you tell us about yourself and briefly, could you tell us about how you got into priesthood? Yes, uh, thank you, Rambo, for having me here. And uh, it's a privilege to share to you my, my journey, my life's journey, both as a missionary priest and as a Filipino. I am a priest. I have been a priest for, since 2006 when I was ordained. And I never wanted to be a priest you know, for obvious reasons of my past that was both shady and a bit challenging. I've, I started doing drugs when I was in first year high school or close to first year. And uh, though my parents were very religious, there was always the struggle to live my Christian faith values and the enticement of the world again uh, because the world seems to be more attractive especially for young people like me back then i chose the 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 easy way out of things and this dragged on even so became intense i was earning as early as high school as a swimming instructor but uh, the real money came in when I was in the corporate, and uh, it was also in this during these years that I asked myself, when I hit rock bottom, is this the life that I really want to live? From then, I I decided to go on a cold turkey after 14 years of doing drugs. And uh, resigning from my corporate job, I decided to go to the to Mindanao, where my eyes were open to the reality of life, of service, and the struggle of my my brothers and sisters. And uh, from then, after a temporary three-year mission life with the Philippine Catholic Lay Mission, that's when I decided to try the seminary. And then my motivations were purified. I fell in love with theology and how to make theology relevant in the day-to-day lives of 
uh, of the people, especially the wounded. So you might say that uh, my story is not that of a Cinderella, but more of a wounded healer who experienced healing and I'm now attracted and have resolved to devote my time as a priest, as a missionary to the most. When I say most, this would be to, to, to the marginalized, the oppressed, the suffering and tormented around me, to be a bridge of hope and a bread to the hungry. The story of a wounded healer. Father Flavi, how did you get involved in caring for the victims of the drug war? As mentioned earlier, I got involved because I believe first and foremost that life is sacred. Thus, it should not be even tampered, more so be, be eliminated. Life is sacred. So it has to be protected. Second, my own experience of being a former drug addict tells me and ingrained has been ingrained in me that there are there is hope for the for drug addicts. Given hope, given the proper care, recognizing the real issue that is mental and uh, medical care instead of uh, violence and uh, peace and order, a drug addict could be healed and, as mentioned, become even a wounded healer to his community. So I think my involvement comes out of an organic and concrete experience of my own life and journey. So, kumbaga, para may pinaguhugotan kayo, Father Flavi. But, um, I mean, in concrete terms, nung simulan ng Duterte administration, what were you doing? And then, how were you pulled into this, this activism, this role you're playing of being a source of comfort for families of the drug war and for blessing a lot of the dead in the drug war? How did you get into that? Ano yun? Isa-isan dumagdag nung, nung biglang umasum si President Duterte. How did that happen? Yeah, uh, it's interesting to know that uh, I never really uh, intended to get involved. Well, apart from me being an activist in my younger days as well, but it all started with a center that I created in 2015 that is Arnold Jansen Kalinga Center. Kalinga means to care, but it also follows the acronym of Kain Aral Linis Oligo ng Ayos. Uh, it specifically seeks to recreate and empower the lives of the homeless. This was in the mid 2015. Now, when Mr. Duterte found his way to power and the killings started and even escalated, the poignant question was, should Kalinga be involved? Should Kalinga also care for the victims? There was an undoubted answer of yes to this. So that's when I tried to join forums and uh, get to meet the, the widows. You might also say that this is sort of a recompense <laughs> because I did voted for the evil in the palace. So I, I realized that I was wrong. So this has, there, has to be, there has to be a reparation apart from my real genuine concern to help and provide Kalinga to those who have fallen victims of the drug war.
That's interesting, Father Flavi, that you mentioned that you voted for President Duterte. You mentioned the evil, so-called evil in the palace. Uh, I'm interested in knowing how did it change for you? When did you, when did you perceive that what you did is supposedly wrong? Na you you had regret when it came down to your vote in 2016. When did that happen? That's very simple because uh, the the killings was the glaring answer that I was wrong. The, 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 when, when the first bloods were spilled, July, especially August, then I was in remorse for being part of the 16 million. So with that, it did not also uh, waste time. I didn't waste time in how to seek out those who have fallen victims to his decision to kill, kill and kill, and to protest against this as well. Mm-hmm. Father Flavi, under the Duterte administration, could you just describe how your routine changed? Before the Duterte administration, um, where did you set aside time for? Under the Duterte administration, I noticed that talagang anday mong activist efforts when it comes to helping the poor, when it comes to helping drug war victims. How did it change? It, it uh, radically changed and not really altered my, 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 my life because as a priest, well, honestly, let me rephrase that. It did alter my life and even my, my day-to-day living. The Kalinga, Kalinga that seeks to provide hope and uh, new life to, to the homeless gave me a sense of check and balance at my lifestyle. Even if as as a priest, I do also have my little caprichos, but it zeroed in on the essentials. And then when the program Paghilom, our program for the widows took place, it allowed me to, to have that sense of, because we're only two in the family, me and my sister, and she's away. And I found a larger family to, to be with, to comfort, to, to, to uplift, and even to embrace. And uh, along with this, because we, we chose to be with the marginalized and the voiceless, to be a voice to, to whose voice were silenced, speaking for them also uh, threatened my, my own both voice and safety. So as, as the louder the voice that I shouted against the powers that be or the evils around us, uh, the more threats did I, I noticed. So it altered not in a different, but in a beautiful sense of the word that as a priest, I believe that my life should be a life for others. When I was still part of the Air Force, we, we have a saying that, so that others may live. And I found that uh, dictum becoming more real, not in, not in the Air Force, but in giving life, and even saving life for that matter. So it altered my life in a whole new sense in providing being a bridge and a bread to those around me. 
especially the wounded. And Father Flavi, do you count the number of families who have turned to you, yung mga funerals na binles mo na? Do you, do you keep track? Nako, how I wish. I regretted that <laughs> on, on how many, you know. But uh, we do keep track with those under our program Paghilom since it is anchored on the principles of dignified, systematic, and holistic care. So to date, we have around 252 widows who are part of the five phases or six phase development, holistic development of our program. Uh, the widows, 252, Rambo. Yeah, these are the widows. The, the orphans, I, I, uh, the formula is it's multiply it to three per family, per widow. That means that each widow would have at least three young, uh, young children <coughs> under their care on a minimum in tatlo. So ang daming talagang mga inaalagaan yung pamilya, no? <laughs> we're, feeding, we're feeding at least 900 every day among the homeless and the hungry in the city of Manila and Quezon City. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. with, with that, Father Flavi, I mean, those, those, those people, you know, 252 widows, around 700 plus orphans, and more people na hindi naman, hindi yun masyadang tinikin, di ba? Siguro they decide to live on their own but still sought your help. Ano yung mga story yung narinig nyo? What's the narrative here? Uh, what kind of narrative would you want to hear? How they struggled and or what? What? There's so many narratives, Rambo. Uh, any specific ones? Painful not, ones? Not or? particular. What? I guess what they want to ask you. What's striking and what the public needs to know. Okay. What is striking is uh, I, I've come to identify. Uh, what I call magic numbers. Uh, in a general narrative, uh, of the 200, this was some three years ago when, I, when we were reaching about 200 in number. Among the 200, there would be at least 140 who would have drug histories. We need to say they used to take drugs. So of the 140, you are left with 60 who have no or not even a single drug history in their lives. Another magic number, which is all common and encompassing in all our beneficiaries is that they, they say that uh, when our loved one was killed, we identified at least four elements in their bodies or in the crime scene. First would be a sachet or three sachets of sabu, Second would be a pistol, and uh, a pistol, and then third would be uh, elements of uh, traces, signs of tortures in their beloved's body. Another and last but not the least is that all of them, those under our care, all the 200s died and were killed because they had dirty feet meaning to say they are from the poorest of the poor. Madudumi ang paa. This is the very common 
uh, story or narrative that I experienced. And then adding to that would be zero. There were none or no one fought back. No one fought back. At dito ko itataya yung aking pagkapare that in their narratives, in their sworn statements, they are resolved to testify that no one fought back. Now, in a very particular story, I, I have a an orphan. She's totally orphaned because both husband, uh, both parents were killed in front of her. She used to she used to want and dream of becoming a police. And for obvious reasons, if you ask her, because I would like to get revenge. Later on, that was purified when she told me that I would like to prove that not all police men or people in the police force are evil. I would like to be a police to create that difference. Meeting her once again two months ago, and I asked her because she's in grade 11 now, or sorry, grade 10, when I asked her, so what do you want, or who do you want to become? Her response would be, I want to be a teacher to guide and to be a parent to the orphans like me. So we have here a story of, of a totally orphaned young girl who experienced how it is to lose for parents to be murdered in front of her. And from that idea and craving for vengeance, gradually through the program Paghilom, through the presence of caring people journeying with her and her siblings, we could see a gradual transformation of how a person from once woundedness moves to that realm of healing and even wanting to be at the service of the wounded around her. I find that a story of ashes to grace. So Father Flavi, there are stories, a lot of stories that are really sad, very dark and um, criminal, of course. Talagang meron ditong patterns na sinasabi nyo na nangyayari sa kanilang mga pagkabatay. Tapos of course, there's also stories like this. Um, this girl you mentioned, stories of hope. Na from this, from situations of death like this, um, they're they're finding hope and uh, a driving force to move forward and to to create a better future from themselves for themselves after what happened to them. Um, on on more concrete things, Father Flavi, what are what are the people who are left behind needing? What do they need? Na hindi na bibigay ng gobyerno na mga taong makakatulong sana sa kanila na hindi nila nakukuha. Madami, madami kailangan ang mga naiwanan o naging biktima ng uh, Oplang Tokhang. To begin with, and this is the core of our, of our program Paghilom, they need to go through a process of healing. Because as I've understood and experienced, no matter what kind of livelihood, no matter how many pesos do we pour in, into their pockets. If the trauma that they experience would be left as a wound lingering in their hearts and lives, 
they would always remain broken and would this would dictate the kind of life that they would live. So to begin with, and just like what we're doing, we provide psycho-spiritual interventions to help address for them to get a hold of their traumas and befriend this tragic experience. We don't want to move to another decade or millennium with, with at least 30,000 30, people grinding their teeth in revenge. So on a minimum, we call for a response to address their trauma. And then secondly would be those who were killed. I, I have to add this in the, in the pattern. Those who were killed are mostly, if not all, breadwinners. So a means to become, uh, to, 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 help, to help provide for their day-to-day -day living and security. And I mentioned the, the, the third element, the security element, because in, in the past and even today, more so today, when, when the decision of the ICC is just around the corner, uh, their safety is, is of a critical issue because police have been threatening them not to file any, any cases for, for, uh, for them to, to, to get the justice that they ask or hoping. So this would be the top three uh, needs of, of the community. And I would like to add perhaps the last one would be a sense of recreating and empowering them so that their lives may once again be dignified because they, they, there is a certain stigma that they have been uh, living with in their communities. Drug addict yan, biktima yan ng tokhang, umiwas tayo dyan. So, namatayan na nga sila at ngayon ay sila pa yung kinamumudhian ng lipunan. So there has to be a sense of recreating and empowering for them and the community where they belong. You're listening to the 24th episode of Criminal, Rappler's Crime Podcast. How is it so far? If you want to listen to other cool and informative audio, check out other Rappler podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. This crime podcast wouldn't have been possible without the support of our listeners. If you haven't yet, support Rappler by joining our community, called Rappler Plus. Rappler Plus believes in speaking truth to power, using technology for the greater good, to power communities to action. Go to rappler.com plus for more details. Father Flavi, you mentioned the need for them to find safety, for them to, of course, be granted security. I'm curious then, for you, in this line of work, I know that there is a activism, of course, but there are a cover of activist priests in the line of work when it's a drug war. How is your safety? How would you evaluate it? And have you been threatened because of this work? Uh, definitely on several occasions, both physical, in the media, in the social media. Uh, it has, threats have been have have begun and even escalated from from the bash from from people surveilling me even to the point of uh, abduction as one intelligent or person from the intelligence has uh, surmised when they wanted to enter my office and uh, they wanted to 
barge in along with a white van. So uh, these are things that I had to live with and respond to in the most cautious, yet without compromising also the service that we are offering to those people under our care. Father Flavi, could you share some of the things that they're telling you? May mga attack ba sa'yo personally? Meron mga attacks against your family? Saan yung mga sinasabi nila? And how do you counter that? Uh, well, the social media would be the most glaring, uh, especially when they would say that pari ka paman din, dapat magdasal ka na lang. People have been visiting my mother portraying that they're from the barangay, but actually, when we double check, they're they're not really from 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 or who they are. Uh, another would be uh, when people would come to me uh, saying that uh, he's from the NBI and uh, he would like apply to to help out as a beneficiary in 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 the in our Kalinga Center that that is open 24/7 so we i respond to this both with with well i take on the scriptures be gentle as a dove but be cunning as a fox or as a serpent so my, my past life has also taught me how to deal with this but uh not more with a in a lex talionis framework but more of a I respond to it prudently and uh, in a non-violent manner as part of my own personal principle is concerned. So as, 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 the, as the violence, uh, as the as threats come by through verbal, physical, uh, I, I, I try my best not to get affected by it. Otherwise, uh, the mission would be compromised. Just like in, in a couple of days, uh, I would be asked to, to lay low, as mentioned. So, nag-iingat din tayo sa pamamaraan na nararapat. Father Flavi, on talking about the mission, what do you think is the role of religious leaders in the drug war? in something that you believe is very urgent and very threatening for people, especially the poor. And do you think that religious leaders have done enough? Um, have they stood, stood up enough? Have they spoken enough against the killings and other wrongdoings under this government? Yeah, that is, that is something that uh, me and a couple of religious and priests have been clamoring about. My own personal framework on this and how a priest should respond is rooted on, on, on the basic core of our catechism that each baptized has and shares the three functions of Christ. That is, uh, each baptized uh, is uh, called to be a priest wherein the, he prays, he learns the faith and teaches the faith. He lives the faith, and it is in living this faith that the second function is uh, is recognized. That is being a prophet. A prophetic role is one. Or a prophet is one who proclaims the good news, but but also is called to denounce 
anything contrary to the good news. And this is where I believe the church is so much lacking that it simply wants to proclaim the good news. It simply wants to provide food and give food to the hungry, but is lacking or even sad to say, is too careful to the point of being afraid to question why are they hungry, to question why are there killings taking place in a country that is dom uh, uh, mostly dominated by Catholics. The prophetic role to denounce the evil is something that is not only priests in the hierarchy, but also Catholics in general or persons of goodwill have failed to become, to take on an active role. And lastly, apart from being a priest, a prophet, a Catholic, a priest, and any baptized ought to be a king, not to lord himself over the, the lowly or the, the victims, but a king who is not afraid to smell like the sheep, as our Pope Francis would declare. A king who is not afraid to wash the wounds of the wounded. A king who journeys bravely, compassionately with the least, the lost, and the last of, of our society. Mm -hmm. So with that answer, I believe that we have done quite very little with, with, with regards to responding into protesting, being a prophet for that matter, in an evil around us. And Father Flavi, um, to your knowledge, why do you think this is so? Is this because of fear? Fear is a factor that uh, the evil in the palace has uh, strategically accomplished. Uh, definitely he has inflicted fear in, in, in the presence, in, in the lives of, of the hierarchy of the church. Second would be, I believe, would nandum parin yung hilaw at nahinog sa pilit na pananampalataya na the faith of Catholics or even believers has been sadly been centered on the sacraments, on the church as the, the structure failing to see that the church is really the people, the struggling people, the people of the new Israel that's, that's journeying from slavery to seeking for freedom. The, the third reason would be uh, the, the uh, understanding that the church ought to be uh, the, uh, aloof, not aloof, but apolitical with regards to politics and our pope has greatly criticized this misnomer or this misunderstanding that uh, a, a, a catholic a priest or even a, a, a lay person's christian values is best exercised in the day-to-day -day political so, uh, social events of 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 his time or her time So ito yung tatlong dahilan kung bakit nakikita ko na medyo alangan at takot ang mga hire ang mga namumuno ng simbahan. 
totoo may takot dahil nanakot, totoong may pagkukulang dahil nagkulang sa pagtuturo at pagunawa. At pangatlo ay yung 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 malasakit na tunay na makilala ang simbahan ay yung tao na hindi lang kulang sa pagkain at naghahanap ng makakain pero yung bakit sila naghahanap ng pagkain ang magandang masuri at mabigyan pansin no so these three reasons would be the very core and siguro strategically if you look at the church the bishops for that matter in the past uh, since 86 the church has led at least two revolutions and it has not really gone to that level of expectation of of complete revamp of society's ills so parang na, ang, 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 ang pananaw at isip ng mga nakakataas sa simbahan ay this time let's take a back seat and uh, let the lady move and guide us so para sa akin merong ganung stigma pero hindi maaari na wala namumuno sa mga sa mga laiko kailangan ng mga laiko ng gabay at ilaw and the bishops the hierarchy the priest for that matter ought to do its task if we want the change and if we want to be true to our faith life witnessing another question that i, I want to throw to you father flavi I don't know if it's a paradox, a mystery, but um, there are a lot of explanations about this as well. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, why do you think President Rodrigo Duterte has remained popular in communities where deaths abound, especially in communities that are full of people who are a part of the church? Why does he continue to be really popular in a country predominantly Catholic? Um, yeah, there are several responses to that, I know, but... I would like to believe, Rambo, that he's not as popular as before. I would like to believe that the numbers are going low and will continue to uh, go on a downhill uh, streak. Uh, second, he remains to have the numbers because of the messaging, how he packages himself. Like, for, take for example, this pandemic. We know how 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 stupid and how uh, poorly they responded to even to diagnose the problem. Just like Oplan Tokhang, the issue was drugs. It, as a drug addict, I know that there are drugs prevailing, but it's not a major issue. But he created a major issue out of it. And instead of appro- appropriately dealing with it, diagnosing it as a mental and health issue, he enforced a response of or reacted to peace and order and even in a violent sense. So it's the same with, uh, with the COVID situation. It is a medical issue. It is something to be responded. It has been a global issue, but he responded to it with letting and empowering the LGUs to do the thing. Again, it's a peace and order response. So Uh, sa ganung paraan, makikita natin na yung messaging ang kanyang ipinapatupad at siya naman tinatangkilik. Katulad, imbis na sisihin at makita ng mga Pilipino na ang pagkakamali ay 
doon nakaukol at nakaugat sa mga namumuno, ang kanilang messaging ngayon ay kaya tayo na sa ganitong sitwasyon ay sa katigasan ng ulo ng mga Pilipino. It, hindi sumusunod sa pinapatupad. So the messaging is something that uh, is embraced by his followers and somewhat creates that uh, it fills the vacuum for people seeking answers. Another would be why is it popular because of the the social media which they have utilized so much to their advantage. And this is where even the opposition has to go double time in responding. So the messaging, the fear that he inflicted, the, the psyche of the Filipino na maka mahirap to, maka uh, taong dating laki sa hirap, ngayon ay nagmamalasakit sa atin, at kapag ating binangga at uh, uh, krinitiko ay hindi ito papabor sa mata ng mga sumusuporta sa kanya. But then again, I believe more than a thesis, it's a reality that his popularity is getting, it's going down the drain. So we hope that we will learn better. We will learn better next time. And Father Flavia, I understand that yung mga, those are strategies of President Duterte on how to keep his popularity afloat. But for the people who, who, whom you have spoken with, yung mga faithful, what do they find so appealing to President Duterte for them to continue to support him? Uh, one would be what they get in return in the, of the support. I've talked with, I've spoken to some politicians who, su who support the, Mr. Duterte because of the money that they get being aligned with the administration. Second, uh, the continuity of that support and the clinging for power. On the, on the masses, uh, the lack of education, the lack of education that this is what he actually did and this goes without saying for those uh, people who I'm not referring to some women who who follow who follow the support but fail to also uh, see the real thing or the the the, the signs of the times that I, I've spoken to a wife of a cabinet and when I told her about how the killings have been taking place in a very systematic pattern. She claims that we do not know this. This we are we are uh, sanitized from this kind of stories. So ito yung mga pinangkakapitan nila, the, the, the false realities, the again the social what they hear in social media, the fake news, and more importantly, what they gain from from following and supporting uh, Mr. Duterte. Mm -hmm. So personal benefit as well as it seems like they're living in a different reality or iba talaga yung parang kanilang vacuum na or silos na na um, kinaikutan mga silos na kanilang kinasasamahan and kitang-kita sa social media kasi iba-iba rin talaga yung timelines natin iba-iba yung impormasyon na pupunta sa ating timelines um Father Flave the, the next thing that I wanted to ask you is you, what you're doing is clearly important work and it's risky work why do you continue to do what you do I'm sorry, Rambo, I didn't get that. Why do you continue to do what you do? Hi. 
That's that's a question that has always been asked, and uh, my simple response, Rambo, to that would be more than it, more than it brings meaning. It's it's the best thing to do. It's the only thing that there is uh, that that's left to be done to to be a bridge to those seeking for hope and to be a bread to those hungry is, is a life that I have come to not fully understood at first, but now it's becoming so crystal clear that this is the life that I chose to, to, to live. And uh, I just hope that people would also come to understand that I cannot do it alone. I am indispensable. I am dispensable, I'm sorry. Uh, so there's there's the need to do it. I, I don't see any other reason why it should even be a question. There is a need to do this, and it 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 saves lives because we're better than this. We we do not deserve to be ridiculed. We do not deserve to be massacred or murdered. We do not. We deserve better leaders and better. A better country. I mean, bukod sa pagiging katoliko, ay naniniwala ako na ang buhay ng isang tao na sa lansangan at pinataya ng mahal sa buhay ay hindi dapat manatili na nakalugmok sa putik at dugo. I believe that there is something that has to be done and someone has to do it. And I just hope that others would follow. And Father Flavio, as you mentioned, you're everyone, I guess everyone in this, and even covering the drug war, journalists, priests, some activists, even politicians are dispensable. But for the faithful, for people who are part of churches, what would be your advice to them for those who want to contribute in stopping the killings and in stopping the wrongdoings that you mentioned? I'll borrow from Paringbert's uh framework that the task of every Catholic, apart from the three functions of Christ that I mentioned about being a priest, a prophet, and a king, the task now is <clears throat> let us broaden our horizons, particularly let us be critical, let us study, let us discern what is taking place around us. Let our understanding of the faith be broadened from the sacramental uh, limitation to being a sacrament. Let our lives be a sacrament by itself. That is a sacred sign. And we can only become a sacred sign if mapalalim natin yung ating kamalayan. We broaden our mind and the way we see things. Second would be uh, palawakin, then palalimi natin yung ating pagdama from our faith perspective and understanding, let us have and create that deep sense of compassion to the wounded, to the needy, even to our struggling society. We cannot remain aloof. We cannot even live by the saying, that is none of my business. This is our business. This is our country. This is our brothers and sisters being massacred and groping 
each day for survival. So yung pagpapalalim ng pagdama ay magdadala sa atin sa kakayanan at kapangyarihan na pagyamanin ang kakayanan o ang pagpapayaman ng pakikipagkapwa-tao. So it begins with understanding, broadening our understanding, our faith, uh, understanding. Second, let us deepen our compassion. Let us not be fixated in simply feeding the poor, but let us also question why they are poor. Let us not only do what the good, the, the good thing that brings us that feeling of goodness, but let us also move and be brave enough to embrace the unpleasant and take on the road less traveled. And more importantly, if we could do this, then our love for neighbor, our sense of patriotism, and even our witnessing as Catholics may be enriched and have a better, deeper meaning. Father Flavio Villanueva, thank you so much for this conversation. You're most welcome, Rambo. I'm always at the service of the gallant things that you have been doing and what Rappler has also begun. We will continue to do the line as God's witnesses, as Catholics, and most especially as a brother and a sister to the hungry and wounded around us. This has been Criminal. If you'd like to be updated on this and other issues, don't forget to follow Rappler and Newsbreak on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have suggestions about topics we should cover in this podcast, just send me a message. My inbox is open on Twitter at Rambo Reports. I'm Rambo Talabong. Thank you for listening. Subscribe and listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Music